Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with a generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.zibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibbizibb
not in some ways. It's free form. It's crazy. And what differentiates bebop from any other jazz music? I could not tell you. I mean, Luke, you're you're a professional musician. What is sort of what what if what is what you <laughs> briefly <laughs> you have gotten paid for music in the past? Yes, you qualify. That's true. That is the truth. So, so I'll take that. So what is what you've briefly absorbed about bebop on Wikipedia? I presume tell you about how it differentiates itself from other jazz. That would be like. Thelonious Monk, who's known okay. for a lot, known for a lot of very strange piano sounds, a lot of uh, odd chords, and also very up tempo stuff. Also known for some great crazy person quotes. Uh, <laughs> Dizzy Gillespie, I was a big fan of when I played trumpet. Oh, you know what? The perfect example is the Cowboy Bebop theme song uh, "Tank." It really is like the best example I can think of off the top of my head. It's really up tempo all the way throughout. It's sort of a riff followed by instrument solo, riff followed by instrument solo, and they're all the instrument solos are you know at also the high speed and they're showing off their uh, technical skill. Yeah, and that was uh, Yoko Kano who yes. led. I believe the band was called Seatbelts, right? Yeah, Seatbelts. The Seatbelts refers to something like a hundred and twenty different people who uh, might be playing on any given track. Easily some of the best music in anime ever and in television ever, really. Yeah, and there was a lot. Yeah, I'm not a huge soundtrack guy, but the Cowboy Bebop soundtracks are stuff that I have listened to just unconnected to the show because it's so good. Yeah, there's so many discs to the OST, too. Like, I think they put out oh, several different ones, and plus there's uh, the movie soundtrack was really, really good, too. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of them just from the show alone, and it wasn't even that long running of a show, and they had so many different soundtracks that they put out. Never reused a piece of music. Yeah, I guess is what it boils down to. And in some ways, you know, um, the opening to Venture Brothers, like, I feel like it's 50% tank and then 50% the opening to Johnny Quest. Yeah. Like, kind of like, like yeah, never thought of it that. that way, but totally. Well, I guess we should take this opportunity to talk about Cowboy Bebop, one of the greatest animes, one of the greatest television shows of all time, not just in soundtrack quality alone and definitely in soundtrack quality, but also in every other quality. I mean, many people who don't watch anime watch Cowboy Bebop because it stands on its own. That's true. It's one of the only anime that I will also watch with the American dubs. I mean, most anime I don't listen to. Like, I'll listen to the original Japanese. I won't listen to the dubs at all because it's Mm -hmm. just so terrible. But they did a really good job. And Cowboy Bebop, for all of its exceptional spacefaring adventure, it existed in the anime video circuit for a time. But really where it made its claim in the American consciousness was when Adult Swim came into existence and started airing it late at night on Cartoon Network. That was pretty special. Sci-fi used to play some anime that, you know, was mildly, like, teen and up, but Cowboy Bebop on Adult Swim, it was a hell of a way to kick off Adult Swim as a network. And then along with that came their other programming, much of which was original, but in many cases in the early stuff, remixed content. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which was pretty original, but sampled things like backgrounds from SWAT cats and stuff like that. And then, of course, Harvey Birdman and C-Lab 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, C-Lab was a a beautiful journey that if you've never been on it, I can highly recommend it, all four or five seasons of it. Yeah, if you've never seen C-Lab 2021, like you're missing out, definitely. There's no way to explain it in advance. Just go watch it. <laughs> well, I suppose we can attempt to. After all, we've been asked to talk about Bebop for 15 I minutes. So we, we, may, we may as well go on know. this journey. I tried to get us out of it. C-Lab <laughs> 2020 was an old Hanna-Barbera show that they later remixed into C-Lab 2021 by recycling animation and then creating a few new backgrounds. And it was, I mean, if you're watching this for the first time, you'll be like, Jesus Christ, this is rough. Sometimes I watch self-produced internet shows that look better than this now. But believe me, you, when this came out, yeah, it still looked rough, but this was television quality at the time. Okay, so that's why 
because I've never seen C Lab twenty twenty one. Really? Oh shit! Nope. Oh, so you, and we, now I've only seen I think the first six episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Wow! Get out! What Bebop can you bring to the table, Trench? The first six episodes of Cowboy Bebop. What about and uh, the, those two clips we watched beforehand of the cola machine? Yeah, we did watch the Bebop cola <laughs> clips to remind us of the joy that is Bebop cola. Um, and I say to myself, I need, I need exact, exact change. It, it's in the episode. Uh, this episode, Captain Murphy goes into this isolated room where he He's has his very own thirsty. soda machine. Very thirsty. Yeah. And, and he, the only thing that can quench that thirst is a Mingus Dew. Yeah. It's got the Bebop Cola machine with lots of other uh, jazz-flavored sodas in there. Coltrane Cola? John Cola Train. Hey, was it? Oh, it was John Cola Train. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Nina Lamone. And then also Plain and Diet Plain, which are my actually two favorites, not jazz-themed. <laughs> but <laughs> And uh, the Mingus Dew is out, and uh, the machine follows on him. And uh, then there's a scorpion in the room with him. And after months, he gets addicted to uh, scorpion poison. Yeah. But they developed like a father-son type relationship as well. If I remember correctly, the uh, scorpion pops open one of those cans for him to drink, too. So yeah. the cor- scorpion helps yep. him stay alive. Well, the, mach- the machine farts cans at his face, so he loses teeth repeatedly. But it also provides him sustenance because Ben the scorpion, who's a mommy, <laughs> opens the cans for him. And this is C-Lab, and if you haven't watched it, you really should. But where I was going with that initially was, I was like, my first initial impression was, huh, that guy looks an awful lot like Race Bannon from Johnny Quest. He sure does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, a fact about that particular episode of C-Lab, which is in the first season, the voice actor, who, whose name I can't remember right now, who plays Captain Murphy, his arm was actually broken when he was recording that, and uh, he was a method actor, and he would twist his broken arm to get those screams of pain. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going in a completely different direction. He was high on painkillers. <laughs> his name was Harry Gauze, by the way. Yes, Harry Gauze. That and- would explain the rest of uh, his, his acting. <laughs> or at least that character oh, if he was the- just on drugs the entire time. <laughs> the there go my nipples again bit. Is, uh, a few things have made me laugh that hard. There go my nipples again. You guys again. know what I'm talking about? <laughs> now say it like you won a million dollars. There go my nipples again. <laughs> And Harry Goss, unfortunately, died during the production of, of C-Lab. He was actually replaced by his son. They, they got a new captain, though, weirdly, in spite of that, he wasn't a related character. It was a completely different character, like a Southern character. Actually, it was great. It was a bit of a rough transition, admittedly, because they were, the writers were coping with dealing with that. But some classic episodes came out after his death as well. There was no replacing Murphy. Murphy was such, such a hilarious and fantastic character. But I think the replacement did as good a job as he could have. I mean, the Shrabster episode... The Shrimp, Crab, Lobster, Shrabster episode, if you haven't seen that, that was in the final season. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's one of the ultimate C-Lab episodes, and it's post-Murphy. Who was captain when the rebel billionaire was on the station? There's a billionaire who's like a joke version of Ted Turner, action quadrillionaire guy. I don't remember Eats that. his way out of the inside of a shark and then crosses it Did off his to-do list. the station explode at the end of the episode? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think because uh, every it was episode, filled with yes. beans. And by filled with beans, I mean the letter B's running around with flintlock pistols and sabers. That's a real thing that happened. I, mean, I don't remember that thing. Someone yells, bees! And then suddenly there's a bunch of bees running across the screen going, bee, 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 with swords and guns. And Oprah didn't unleash them. Ah, what a fantastic gift. And Nicolas Cage didn't appear. Catholics lost. Why would Oprah release bees? I don't know. I have no idea. This is obviously a meme that I'm not attached to. I know the Nick Cage one, Wicker Man. 
Do you haven't seen that? It is somebody has taken the video footage of when Oprah gave everyone it a car. It was actually Conan O'Brien. Uh, instead oh. of oh, was it? Yeah, it wasn't a random like internet meme. Conan O'Brien did it on his show. <laughs> I had no idea, but somebody edited in like a swarm of bees coming out of the box when she opens it up, and then she's dancing around maniacally, <laughs> yeah, she's happy going, while bees! other people are in the crowd like weeping. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find this and, and send it to you well, guys. Uh, well, uh, if anyone else has also not sampled this, uh, we'll link to it on this episode's page. Yeah, sure. Because why not? Why not? This is the Bebop episode. Jack Oates, this is what you asked for. We give you what you want, Jack. I don't but know about the, the bop. We'll we'll give you the bees. <laughs> and since we're talking about cartoons yes what's another cartoon bebop uh that's the pig man from uh teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah a character invented specifically for the 1989 animated series or 88 depending on what what you're counting because there. there weren't yet enough toys yeah they got it they got to make some mutant men and so they made bebop and rocksteady and uh man those original characters i mean they're the, the quintessential goons right there's nobody who's a, the quite as just stupid and is the epitome of a, just a guy, you know, looking out for Mr. Shredder. They could, uh, what do you, you know, want us do, boss? They're the fucking worst. They're complete failures. And yet this like Japanese ninjutsu master with all the technology of another dimension at his disposal hangs out with them for some reason. And puts a lot of trust in them. Yeah. It was their winning personality. And then wonders why they always fail. But what has saved Bebop and Rocksteady in the uh, annals of history, or the annals of history, Ooh. depending on uh, your perspective, is that their representation in other media has been better, both currently and in the past. For example, when Steve Murphy, a.k.a. Dean Clarain, wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures comics for Archie, that was a universe that was originally based on the original 80s cartoon universe. He never watched the show, and yet he skewed all this into its own reality. We actually did an episode where we talked to him and, and learned about this, but he turned Bebop and Rocksteady into respectable kind of, they're bad guys, but they're, they're innocents in a lot of ways. They're so stupid, and they eventually get exiled off into an Eden world where they run with space rhinoceroses and space boars and they're never seen again. Hmm. And it was really good. It was really well done. <laughs> More recently, in the Nicktoons, Bebop is actually a combination of Michael Jackson and Tron, a stealthy dude with this inexplicable technology that they have never once explained allows him to like zip along grappling hooks of light between buildings and so on but he really sort of skates on them and then does high pitch like and so on and does dance and shoots lasers out of his belt that's the character who they establish for a full season until eventually turning him into a mutant warthog who still does those things <laughs> wait you lost me what yeah i know <laughs> well, exactly exactly but that's but that's the current... I, got, I was yeah instantly hung up on michael jackson and tron and just and now that's couldn't, be and couldn't now that's even... bebop <laughs> He's a dude with a skin-tight purple and black suit with a mohawk. He's a full-fleshed-out character with his own thing going on who is later in Ninja Turtles turned into a mutant warthog on top of everything else. Okay, this wasn't actually in the show. This is that other thing you're talking this about. This is the brand-new Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles television show that's been on for the past few years, yes. Where Donatello has a gap tooth? Wait, Where Donatello has a gap tooth, yes. Okay. And uh, Rocksteady was a Russian arms dealer who was a separate character as well who coincidentally was turned into a rhinoceros. And they got their name from like a moving van or something. It's like Bebop and Rocksteady. Was the moving van moving Bebop Cola? It could have been. I don't know. I don't know what was in the back of it. And then, of course, most famously, Bebop and Rocksteady in the IDW comic that's going on right now shattered Donatello's shell. And everybody thought, Donatello's dead. But of course, he wasn't dead. His body's still alive currently as of this episode's recording. And they uh, put his consciousness into the metalhead robot. 
uh, in the IDW comics, they have similar origins in that their their thugs turn into mutants by uh, Shredder to serve the Foot Clan and fight the Turtles, but they are not incompetents. They are thugs, but they are thugs who are using their newfound strength and endurance to very, very violent means. Like, they're actually competent, as shown by the fact that they practically killed Donatello. Oof. Spoiler alert. Well, practically being the optimal word there. So I guess that's not much of a spoiler. B- because all of media was swarmed with, Donatello's fucking dead. Why would they do that? I'm crying blood now. But the answer was, did you read the comic? At no point did they say, he's dead. Oh, God, he's dead. They're just like, they just left it on it. So obviously he wasn't dead. Also, the metalhead robot was conveniently around there as well as all the technology needed to do a thing, which they did. So now, for the time being, Donatello... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tello's in Metalhead until they restore his body. You know way more about the Ninja Turtles than I do, is what I just learned. I'm your person to talk to for Ninja Turtles, yes. (laughs) Any little thing, I know it. Just try me. So that's that. (laughs) <laughs> did they ever have a, a van that shot pizza in the show or well, was that it, just a toy it, it was the the pizza thrower pretty sure that the original series actually had it in an episode most one-off action figure vehicle things got an episode if that some of the weirder vehicles like the bathtub that was also a boat never got a, an appearance in the uh, in the show or the, i remember they just had some really freaking bizarre toys they did they really did it was beautiful. I mean, that's half the, the joy that we're trying to cram into lightning dogs. I was reminded uh, not so very long ago about a late generation turtles vehicle that was a jet fighter that had a, a stick that you could hold at the bottom of it. And you, yeah. you pulled on a trigger and it would, it would drop bubbles filled with smoke. I remember that. And I have it still. Nice. Got to dig it up. See if it still works. That was weird. Weird as shit. That did not appear in the television series or any comics or any other <laughs> media because it was ridiculous. Where the fuck did the turtles get a jet and why is it dropping bubbles? Because Bebop. <laughs> they just the free form Bebop elements was just infused into Playmates style as they were designing these action figures from nothing but like, we have this technology, let's cobble something crazy around it, and the sculpt's gonna be insane. <sighs> Donnie right. got into a real groove one day. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden you got a jet turbine. <laughs> and smoky bubbles. They were just really high. Smoky bubbles. Right, you know where those <laughs> what came do, from. What do we baby? do with this? Let's like, what if we put smoke in the bubbles and like had it come out of a jet? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any reasonable explanation for that. <laughs> Would the plane also vaporize plant material? How so? You know, so you could pack your weed into the oh, oh. into the jet vaporized plant material i see yeah. what you're saying i was thinking like you mean like napalm <laughs> it would have been really really I, popular among the stoners i don't As a know former professional musician i totally knew what you were talking about <laughs> I, I think cap was the only one that wasn't on board with that okay. first. 
I mean, see the previous episode with my wholly inaccurate dream about Pee Wee Herman and crystal meth for, for my, <laughs> my drug knowledge and how good it is. Please enjoy. For the record, you smoke it or inject it. Oh, thanks. Okay, that's, 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 that's the, the, the crystal meth information I was missing. Run the rainbow star thingy. Hey, guys, want to smoke some drugs? Here's a fun story about cap and drugs. I love Miami Vice, one of my favorite television shows of all time. So my pal Mike Rothman, editor-in-chief of Consequences Sound, and I, we both love Miami Vice. We both grew up in South Florida. So we had this one weekend where we stayed in one of the hotels along uh, Ocean Drive and walked around all night to go to all the Miami Vice filming locations and just nerded out like complete idiots. And it was amazing. However, there is one shady bathroom on South Beach, on the beach, and there was a Vice episode where they filmed a drug bust there. And I'm like hovering around the location, looking really weird, inspecting stuff. I'm crouching on the ground, like looking for like where there was a shot that they filmed. And the guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, is your friend sick? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You want to get sick? <laughs> 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 and, I, and I was like, how great was that? We just, they just tried to deal drugs to us when they were dealing drugs in the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Seduction of the innocent. So you probably made that dude's like life by being the most enthused about <laughs> propositioning somebody for drugs ever. I, I didn't. I did not say that to him. <laughs> that probably would have freaked him the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, "No, we're good. I'm good. Thanks." <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of Burn Notice. And one time when I was in Miami, I, I ate yogurt there. Cool. <laughs> That's my Miami show story. Burn Notice is a good show. R.I.P. Burn Notice. Gotta have yogurt. <laughs> and Bebop. And Bebop Cola. <laughs> and Bebop wa Cola. Wa wash that yogurt down with a nice glass of <laughs> Minga Stew. Only if you have exact change. And I say to myself, I need exact change. Anyway, so uh, so that's that's the that's the Bebop episode. You know, uh, some microsodes they're uh, they're focused, some microsodes they're not focused, but uh, either way, this has been an interesting journey. And you can thank Jack Oates for that. So thank you, Jack Oates. We tried, David. <laughs> a little update in regards to microsodes. The way you, you typically acquire it and decide what we talk about for 15 minutes, that is done via our Patreon. But we have actually recently suspended microsodes for the time being. Not only do we have a gigantic backlog, but most importantly, we're, we're needing to switch methods on all that. However, we've unlocked a new way to hang out with Nerdy Show and uh, interact with us and also influence our discussions on episodes. And that is the Nerdy Show Lounge, a private Facebook group exclusive to patrons backing us at $10 and over. Because uh, if you heard us last episode, you'll know that we've got a new format. So every other week, we're coming at you with a topical discussion on all the latest geek media announcements and news and movies and all that sort of stuff. Random potpourri of nerd stuff living up to our, from comics and video games to science technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. We got all that covered in these topical shows. And we're using our discussions in the Nerdy Show Lounge between all the Nerdy Show hosts on the network and you guys, our devoted listenership, to decide what we talk about in those shows. It's just another great way to connect with us that should be easy if you're already a Facebook user. Yeah, and if you're not, there's always the Nerdy Show forums, less exclusive, but uh, we still check there. We still hang out there. We still do stuff there in the Nerdy Show forums. So Microsodes will be back someday, but uh, for the time being, well, we have a significant backlog of Microsodes, and uh, if you're just hearing this and you're a Patreon backer and uh, never got a Microsode, well, check your email because you have now. Everyone who played the Microsode raffles on Patreon and did not win at any point in time have now received a Microsode. That sounds like a lot of Microsodes. It was a total of uh, 19 additional Microsodes, actually. No, that's not that as many as I thought. If you go to nerdyshow.com slash Microsode, not only will you be... Uh, able to see all the rules and regulations on how to submit 
a topic and what makes a good topic, but then also a list of all the current microsodes that we have backlogged. And yes, we will take them all out. But even though we can record them all at once, releasing them is a whole nother thing and editing them is a whole nother thing. So that's why I put the kibosh on it for now. We're going to get all that shit under control and then we'll be back in Microsoft Country USA. Population tire. Before we go, we got to give some shout outs to some awesome people. First up is a one-time donation. You can go to nerdyshow.com slash support and chuck any amount of money our way with a personalized message. And this one comes from Stella Marie Bauer, who says, Hey, I haven't listened to much from you yet, but I plan on it. I got to know you through the Proto Men and just went through everything you ever did with them. And it's all awesome. Keep it up. That's really cool, Stella. Thanks so much for supporting and thanks so much for writing in. We do love our Proto friends. And now that Act 3 is on the horizon, can't wait till the uh, next time we have a good excuse to hang out together on the air. We also have two new Patreon backers. Some folks who subscribe to us at patreon.com slash nerdy show. Newcomer, Scott Perry. Hats off to you, Scott. You have impeccable taste. And then, guys, I'm pleased to say, proud even, to say that we have a new executive producer here at Nerdy Show. Paul Mata came in out of the blue and he's contributing $100 a month to be an executive producer with us. He's our second executive producer. Which is amazing. Like, yeah. you know, $5 from somebody a month helps out a ton, but yeah. $100 even, is even like, Even whoa. $1 is amazing, but 100 yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. And this credential, I might add, this is a credential, both the, the $50 tier of producer and the $100 tier of executive producer. We will back you up. You can print out business cards. You can basically throw your weight around and, and I don't know, apply to press things or whatever. We'll back you up. You're with Nerdy Show. You're contributing in an insane way. Oh, yeah. We got your back. You're executive producer. Hit us up for like if you want a logo file, we'll get, we'll get you what you need. We got the hookup. You're helping us out. We're going to help you out in every way we can. So welcome, Paul. Hey, you guys are, you're like a Medici level patron. Like patron of uh, Niccolo Machiavelli and uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, yes, yes. Greetings, Prince. Paul says, uh, I've been a physics and biology teacher in Texas and just this last month became my school district's science strategist. I love science and comics and Atomic Robo and Nerdy Show mash all the right buttons. I'm a supporter of the Tesladyne Patreon as well, supporting Atomic Robo. Looking forward to more awesome from the Nerdy Show Network. So thank you again, Paul. Thank you so much. You'll be pleased to know that uh, I just got in some edits of Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts, and we're going to be bringing back that show as soon as possible and getting it back on track, doing all our behind-the-scenes commentary for the amazing comic series Atomic Robo, which if you haven't checked out, just go to nerdyshow.com slash Atomic Robo. You'll get all the info you need there. And then go on to the official Atomic Robo site, wherein you can read their entire series. So the extra special good news on top of his already amazing news of being a new executive producer is that that puts us just shy of being $150 away from reaching our $1,000 milestone, which will be where we can afford to pay for the editors to ensure that all of those shows are back full time. Yeah, we're doing what we can in the interim to bolster the shows, bring back Pokeballs of Steelix, bring back Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts and keep all this stuff regular. But it costs money to pay editors to make sure we can keep releasing that much content. And so uh, if we hit that $1,000 mark, we'll be well taken care of. We're developing all that stuff. We're getting it out as soon as we can, but it is only guaranteed if we can sustain that amount. Otherwise, it'll be kind of irregular. That'll keep us regular. So Paul and Scott, thank you. We only need 15 more $10 patrons. So join us in the Nerdy Show Lounge. That's true. If you're Blackmail doing, your we're friends. We're funny, sort of. If you're doing $10, you can get in the Nerdy Show Lounge. 
And seriously, even if you can only afford a dollar, that's still something. That's still beautiful. In fact, most well-funded Patreons are done mostly with $1 donations. So if that's what you can afford, that's okay. Don't be bashful. We'll take your money. Plus, if everybody that listened gave us a dollar a month, we'd have so much more flexibility to make content. Yeah, you want to see some serious shit? It's no joke. Lots of people say it, but if everybody gave a dollar, holy crap. If our download numbers met our dollar numbers... Yeah, so even though it might seem like insignificant, minuscule, that dollar a month would help us out so much. So think about it if you like what you're listening to. Consider it. An entirely new realm of possibilities would open up. And even if a dollar is still a bit much, at least tell a friend. Spread the good word of Nerdy Show. That's truly one of the greatest things you can do in life, ever. (laughs) Don't forget any of the links we mentioned that pertain to uh, media that you can buy and acquire and enjoy. All those links will be on this episode's page and will connect you to Amazon pages where, if you purchase them through that link, you will help support Nerdy Show. Taking Us Out is an excerpt of a track from Overclocked Remix, the number one site online for new and innovative arrangements on classic video game jams. And this is a live, and I'm fairly certain, bebop-style jazz performance from the University of Toronto's 10 O'Clock Big Band. It's a medley of lots of Mario themes, particularly Mario 64, And uh, this group actually features several members of the original group to go by the name The Runaway Five. Please enjoy Big Band Battlefield. Bye, I'm Cap. I'm still Trench. Bye, I'm Boar. Bye, I'm Luke.
for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution can get you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and or SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Go Harley! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.